The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is James Sasso with Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. So far in 2021, we've been putting a lot of focus on prayer, focusing on the good things, as well as adhering to the leading of God so that we can take our place in our lives. So with that in mind, we're going to be talking about another topic related to this, whereas before we were talking about adhering to God's leading Now we're going to be talking about looking at others through the eyes of God and how that's important for us moving forward so that we can be a part of his calling. So with that, let's listen to a clip from a couple weeks ago where Pastor Josh talks about this topic in depth. Let's listen in. And so we've been talking about love, we've been talking about spiritual warfare, and you know those two things are intertwined completely. Our first step, Towards our destiny, it starts with that love walk. That's what Pastor Chris talked about this morning. Your first step towards success, your first step towards greatness, your first step towards fulfilling your destiny in Christ Jesus. That starts with developing and fostering that relationship with God. Because the reason why is because God, in his love, he sees you not as you are, but he sees you as what you can become. He sees you as what you are in the spiritual realm. And the cool thing is that we're supposed to disciple others. We're supposed to lead others. We're going to follow after us. We're going to replicate after ourselves. When we start to experience the love of God, when we start to abide in his love, we start to look at others also through the eyes of God's love the same way. It's amazing because Jesus, when he went to the cross and they were spitting on him, they whipped him, they beat him. The scripture says that he wasn't even recognizable because he was whipped so much and he was so bloodied and beaten. When he carried that cross and he was hanging there and they were mocking him, he could save others, but he could not save himself, right? They said this to him. What did he say to the Father God? He said, forgive them, Father, because they do not know what they are doing, even As they were mocking him, even as they were crucifying him, he still looked at them with love. Because what he was doing right there on the cross, it was for their own souls. He was up there to rescue the souls of all men, including those that were present that day. So that is truly a testament of the love of Jesus Christ. And that's something that we have to understand when we do spiritual warfare. The scripture tells us we are not waging war against the flesh. We're not waging war against other people. It's against principalities, strongholds that we're supposed to uproot, overthrow, tear down. And then we build new strongholds. We're building up the kingdom of God. So when we're doing spiritual warfare, a lot of Christians, they get so riled up. They get this self-righteousness and they start to look at others with hatred 
That's what's happened. And that's what's happening in the political sphere, how the tensions raised up so high. And, you know, you go on Facebook and people are ranting and raving, right? Because they only see people as they are, not as the way God envisions them being. And that's what we have to understand is that we want to win them. We want to win people on the other side. We want to show them the love of God. And when we begin to abide in God's love, then we can start to see them. And the way that we can start living that now is you just have to remember, what were you like when God found you? You know, what kind of place were you in? Were you any kind of respectable person in the kingdom of God? Were you doing righteous deeds for God? You know, were you holy and sanctified before him? No, you weren't. We had all kinds of problems and God rescued us. He rescued us. And if we remember that and we allow God to shower his love on us, then we'll remember that when we're dealing with other people. Because the important thing is that people in the world, they're being tormented, even if they don't know why they're tormented. They're still searching, even if they don't know why they're searching, even if they don't know why they might be upset about something. We know the answer the truth that they are seeking, okay? That includes the people in Hollywood. That includes the people in Silicon Valley. It includes the tech giants, all these people. God wants to transfer the influence to us so that we will be a blessing to them. It's not just a blessing for ourselves and our families. We're supposed to be a blessing to all the nations because that's the decree and the blessing that God spoke over Abraham, right? Through you, he didn't say Israel will be blessed. He didn't say your people will be blessed. He said all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You know, that included Philistines that they went to war against, the Hittites, the Moabites. It included all these different peoples, every nation on earth, blessed because of Abraham and his obedience. So even people that we perceive as enemies, we're supposed to be a blessing to them. And so we're going to Hollywood, we're going to the arts, the entertainment industry, the technology industries, because not only are we going to rescue their souls, we're going to bring them to a better place than they are right now. And that is where we begin seeing what spiritual warfare is like when we're operating in love. Because now when you see somebody, maybe they're demon-possessed, maybe they're sneering and they're mocking, right? But... Now you can start to see, okay, this is somebody that their future is that they're going to be working for the kingdom of God. They're going to be loving on Jesus and they're going to lead more people to Christ. You start seeing that future. I mean, you just take any influential person, you take the people on the news media, right? And they say all these things and you get upset. You get upset about what they're saying. Oh, I can't believe that they're saying these things. Imagine if they had an encounter with Jesus with their influence, with how charismatic and eloquent that they are, that means it would be a blessing for others, okay? We have to see them in that way. The person is not the one that we are doing war with. We want to dismantle Satan's kingdom. We want to dismantle Satan's works. Even if he's using somebody unbeknownst to them, we want to dismantle the spiritual forces of darkness that are operating in the world. In Mark chapter 2, it says in verse 13, Then he went out by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. 
So he arose and followed him. See, Jesus here, he's inviting a tax collector who was hated by the Jews. Because why? Because the tax collector snitched to the Romans. They told them, okay, well, this is what's going on. And a lot of times the tax collectors, they would overcharge them and they'd pocket the money. They were known for being greedy and for being corrupt. Okay, we got a lot of corruption going on in America. Okay, we got a lot of greed and corruption going on in the media and the government, right? But here Jesus is taking somebody who in their industry is known for being corrupt and being greedy. And he said, hey, follow me. And the other Jews are thinking, what? Don't you know what this guy does for a living? Don't you know what he's done? See, but Jesus, again, he saw him not as he was, but he saw him in the spiritual realm. And now because of that, he was one of the 12 disciples. He was a blessing to others. He transformed the area around him. That's what we have to see when we are going into the world. Now it happened, verse 15, as he was dining in Levi's house, So now he called him to follow him, and now he's dining with him. He's eating and drinking with him and his buddies. That many tax collectors and sinners had also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. So now he's got a whole gang of them. So you've got to imagine, okay, you've got a whole gang of politicians. Maybe they're the kinds of politicians you didn't vote for. And now you're having dinner with them, and drinking with them, and eating with them. You have to think of how this would look. In our culture, because the Bible is written in Jewish culture, according from that perspective. For there were many, and they followed him. And then, when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He saw them for what they could be. And you have to imagine, think of any politician you don't like right now. And then God says, go have dinner with them. And you're thinking, what? Don't you know what they've done, God? Don't you know what they've been saying? That's why even now we continue to pray for the salvation. We continue to pray for our leaders, even if we didn't vote for them. Because we know that God can transform them. We know that God has the hearts of kings in his hands. We continue to pray for them because look, God's in control. And that's what we have to understand. We are out there to transform the lives of people. Everyone that we interact with, we should be shining the love of Jesus and the light of Jesus into their lives. And then eventually they're going to come around. Look, I don't really agree with you, but there is something about you, right? They can tell. There is something about you. Even though I don't agree with what you're saying, something in their spirit will be ministered to. But when we get caught up in that self-righteousness, it's like the Pharisees. and How could they have dinner with these politicians, with these filmmakers, and all these things? How could they do these things? But when we get out of self-righteousness and we get into God's righteousness then we can start to see people in the spiritual realm and actually do something transformative. No more of the murmuring, no more of the infighting. We complain a lot, right? Christians have been really good at complaining. You just log on Facebook. You can see plenty of that, right? Okay, really good at complaining and murmuring. But is it productive? No, it's not. Does it transform the lives of people and the souls of the nations? No, it doesn't. The things that transform the nations is faith and obedience to Christ Jesus. 
That's what is going to transform this nation. And we've been doing it here at Fennifosha Church. That's why we made that commitment. We are on God's schedule. How many of you remember that commitment that you made? We are on God's schedule. God even messed up our schedule today. We thought we were going to have a nice lunch with everybody. We thought that we were going to, you know, go home maybe. And God said, no, we are going to have a different schedule today. Okay? We're going to have a different schedule, different arrangement. And the fact that we here are willing to submit ourselves to God's time clock, that means that we're on the right track. If God's messing up your schedule and you are submitting to it, that means you are on the right track. So hopefully that's a little bit encouraging. Okay. You feel encouraged hearing that. Look, if God is disrupting your schedule, that means you're on the right track. We're on his schedule. We're not on our own. It's not about self-righteousness. It's about God's righteousness. In another story, there was a man who was possessed by many demons. And the scripture says he would howl night in, night out, and he would cut himself, and he would bash himself against rocks and cut himself with rocks, okay? And everybody left him alone. Leave him in the caves. That man is too far gone. That man is too far gone. We don't want to deal with him. And Jesus was minding his own business. He comes walking in, and this man couldn't help himself. He prostrates himself in front of Jesus. This is in Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, verse 6, seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, shouting in a loud voice. He said, what business do you have with me, Jesus, son of the most high? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had already been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the region. And so what did Jesus do? He saw some pigs nearby and he said, okay, fine. I'm not going to banish you out of the region. You can go into the pigs. And the pigs, what did they do? Well, they ran off the cliff and killed themselves because I guess they figured, hey, better to be dead than possessed by some demons. But what happens? In verse 16, those who had seen it described it to them how it had happened, the demon-possessed man, and all about the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to leave their region. Hey, look, man, that's our livelihood, right? So forget about the dude. We had already given up on him years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But these are our pigs. We spent money raising these things. But understand, for that whole village, for that whole town, that man was a lost cause. He was a lost cause. He was too far gone. But Jesus, what did he see? This man is being tormented. This man is suffering And through his obedience to the Most High and him taking his authority, he brought blessings upon him. And now that guy, think about his testimony. You think he's going to live the same kind of life as before? He's going to be transformed for the rest of his life. Look, there's some people out there. They're being possessed and tormented by demons, even today. Even though they don't know it, and some of them, maybe they do know it. They're being tormented. And some people, they have already decided that they're too far gone. It's too far gone for them. Did Jesus think it was too far gone for you? Did Jesus decide, oh, you know, I don't know if I can save that guy. I don't know if I can really help him. Right? Jesus never said that. If anybody is willing, he is willing to work in their lives. As long as they are willing to accept him. Every person out there is an opportunity. Everywhere we go is an opportunity to show his love. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter whether you are. Last year, I think it was last year, maybe it was a little more than a year ago, I was telling you a story. I was in a conference in Vegas. 
a healthcare conference, and they had all these sponsors, all these parties and events going on. And for one of these events, they had rented out a nightclub. And I was thinking, I don't, I don't really like clubbing. I mean, people are just drinking and hitting on each other, and it's all kinds of problems. So I was going to chill at the hotel, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he said, go to this event. And I was like, are you serious? You really want me to go to this event? So I go there, and I'm like sitting around. It's like, okay. I mean, it was a cool venue. They had all these crazy lights, and they had music performing artists going on. And then I was just praying quietly. It's like, okay, well, God, you sent me here for a reason. Obviously, I'm here for a reason. And I was praying quietly to myself, and God led me through the crowd. And there in the crowd, I saw this young girl that I had met earlier that day in the conference. And she was probably the only other person in the conference that was my age. So I understand it's a healthcare conference, and most of the people there are like 30, 40, and then it's like me, and then this 20-something-year-old girl. But the thing is, is that a lot of people have been drinking. People were doing all kinds of things. So when I came up to her, she was surrounded by these men that were like leering at her. And she was kind of overwhelmed. And it's like, you know, she was nervous. It's like, how do I get out of this situation? So I just pull her. It's like, hey, you want to go see this thing over there? Basically, I was able to get her out of this situation that she didn't want to be in. And then what happened, she's like, man, I really need to get out of here. I need to step outside and get a smoke. That's what she said. I need to step outside and get a smoke. And so we were outside and we were talking and she's like, man, I just thought, like, I didn't know how I was going to get out of there. But when I saw you, I knew immediately this guy, this is what she said. He's my angel. He's going to protect me and get me out of it. She's like, there was like a light emanating from you. That's what she said. And she started talking about all this metaphysical stuff. You know, I just believe that there's like energy in the world that connects people together, you know, and the chakras and stuff. I said, well, I don't believe in that, but I'll tell you that God told me to come here and he led me to you. And the reason why he sent me there was to help you in that situation. She's like, I don't know about that, but you know, maybe that's what you think. But for me, that's energy, right? But the amazing thing is that I took her outside and we ended up spending hours just talking and I was able to minister to her for hours just about God and about the Holy Spirit and that she matters. She mattered enough for God to send me into that situation to protect her. I was able to tell her that. And, you know, she didn't say the sinner's prayer that day, but a seed was planted in her life. Everywhere that we go, everywhere that we go is our mission field. When we go to work, that's our mission field. When we're at home, that's our mission field. When we're on vacation, again, we're on God's time clock. Maybe Jesus thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to go out of this town. I hear they got good lobster. Or I want to try this restaurant out. And then suddenly this demon-possessed man is there. We don't know what Jesus was thinking. We don't know why he went to this town. But understand, Jesus was led by the Spirit everywhere he went, which means that in every situation, he saw opportunities in the spiritual realm, even with people that the church thought were too far gone, even with people that all the town thought were too far gone. So everywhere we go, everything we do, we're on his time clock, we're on his schedule. And when we start to invest ourselves and allow ourselves to soak in God's love that we will start to shower his love on other people and see them with his eyes. 
We're not seeing people in the physical realm. We are seeing them in the supernatural. And that's the end of the clip. So now we can see the importance of seeing others through the eyes of God. Always remember that God has a calling for those around us, including those we don't like, including those we don't get along with. But because we are called into God's kingdom, it is up to us and it is our duty to see others and their potential, to look at them through the eyes of God. Just as God had looked upon us and despite our flaws and despite our shortcomings, called us to something greater, it is the same for those around us. Throughout Jesus' ministry and throughout his life here on earth, this is what he did. He ministered and saw the potential in those that the Jewish people did not bat an eye at. He went to the sick and the needy. He went to the Gentiles who did not believe as the Jews did. He ministered to the tax collectors who were greatly hated by the Jewish people. He even ministered to a prostitute. These are different people that many of us would ignore. It's very easy to see the surface level, the deeds they've done, the sins that they have committed, but we must remember that God has told us not to judge others. We have to look at them through the eyes of God, look at them through love, and see their potential, and minister to them. Even if they do not immediately get saved, we are sowing a seed in their life to help turn them around. So we must always be a blessing. So remember to look through God's eyes. Remember to look at them on love and compassion and at what they could do if God really touched their lives. Because when God touches a person's life, that person is changed forever and for the better. Just as he has changed our life, God wishes to change those around us. God wishes to change those that are doing wrong and are corrupt. God wishes to change those that are lost. So don't focus on their deeds. Focus on their potential. Don't focus on their shortcomings. Focus on the love of God and the compassion he wants to show those people. This is part of our calling as sons and daughters of God as we move forward with this transfer of wealth. How can we be trusted to take our post of influence and affluence, of great wealth and prosperity over our sector of society if we do not have the compassion of God? How can we expect to be an influence if we cannot positively influence those under us and around us? Once we have this down, once we truly understand and look forward with the eyes of God, can we really begin to take our post? So, now we know we need to adhere to the Holy Spirit and His leading. We need to be in prayer and belief in what we are doing, we need to act with faith, and we need to look at others through the eyes of God. Amen? So that is all the time we have for today. 
Don't forget, if you would like to join us in our Sunday services, our service times are at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning and 7 p.m. Sunday evening and Wednesday evening every week. You can join us online at SOGMI.org or you can find us on YouTube at SOGMI. We live stream our broadcasts for those who do not want to be there in person so that you can still get the message that God has for you. Also, if you would like to re-listen to this message or get caught up on previous broadcasts, remember that we are on podcast. You can find these past episodes as well as this episode when it goes live at SOGMI.org as well as on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Remember that this broadcast is made possible because of listeners like you. You can donate to this ministry and this broadcast at SOGMI.org under the Donations tab. We are so thankful and so blessed by your continued support, and we thank you for helping us as we continue to get this message out to you and those around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been James Sasso with Sons of God Ministries International and Freedom Fellowship Church. God bless you, and until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www dot s o g m i dot org